Any item, any product, the one who manufactures that product knows best how that product can give its maximum benefit, how it can be of use to a person for a long, long time. So somebody who wants to take the maximum benefit out of that item, so he will have to use it according to the manufacturer's instructions. And if he follows those instructions, then he will benefit, he will enjoy whatever the item is. Maybe it might outlast him, others will enjoy the benefits. But if the person decides to ignore the instructions of the manufacturer, he decides that I bought this with my wealth, my money, I can do it with it as I please. So the outcome of that is also obvious. A person buys a car and he decides that why must I be instructed to put fuel and petrol in a certain place in the tank. I'll put water. If I want to put water, who is there to stop me? So this kind of foolishness, what the outcome of it is, is obvious. So like we understand that everything that the person has, somebody has manufactured, we follow the manufacturer's instructions. No matter how much we paid for it, our hard-earned wealth we parted with in order to get that item, but we follow the manufacturer's instructions. So everything else, we follow the instructions of the manufacturer. We ourselves are the creation of Allah Allah Ta'ala has created us, Allah Ta'ala has brought us into existence from nothing. <coughs> Man uses the raw materials that Allah Ta'ala has provided and he puts something together. Allah Ta'ala brought insan into existence from non-existence. Give a person nothing and tell him make something, he's at a loss, he can't start, he can't do anything. So insan is totally dependent on what Allah Ta'ala has provided to even make the smallest item. But Allah Ta'ala created insan from non-existence. But this product of insan, this creation of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala has sent down instructions also of how this insan will be a means of benefit to himself and others. And if a person follows that instructions, then he will get that benefit here now in dunya, even this worldly life would be a place of peace, of serenity, of happiness. And this benefit will continue beyond this life in the cover. Because that time is certainly coming. Young or old, one day somebody, nobody is going to remain. 
everybody one day will have to leave this dunya. So that day is certainly coming when we have to lie in our own graves. How we follow the instructions that have been provided by Allah Ta'ala will be a means of benefit for us in that cover also. Then we all have to stand on the day of Qiyamah and give an account of our deeds. How we conducted our life in dunya and followed those instructions will be, that will benefit us on the day of Qiyamah also. And then the everlasting benefit in Jannah for those who have been following that manual that Allah Ta'ala has prescribed and sent down. Then for them is the everlasting bounties of Jannah, <coughs> which Nabi which no ear has ever heard of and which no heart can and mind can ever imagine and conceive those bounties and those pleasures and those benefits of Jannah which in dunya cannot even be imagined but again coming back to the same aspect that this is all dependent on following the instruction that Allah has given now what is the the instruction Allah that has given, the entire Quran Sharif is that instruction. And the life of Rasulullah and his ahadith, his sunnah, that is that instruction. That is the explanation of the Quran Sharif. And then the fuqaha, the jurists, they further expounded that and they explained the finer details from the light of whatever Nabi Sallallahu thought of the Quran Sharif and his life. So what is this all about? In one ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah gives us one instruction that Ya That O you who believe, enter into Islam fully. This word kafa is related to two things. One is enter into total Islam not departmentalized Islam. Unfortunately, we have departmentalized our deen. Some things, okay, this is for me. And some things, well, now I'm living in the 20th century, so this na'uzubillah doesn't apply to me. So we have departmentalized our deen. And Allah Ta'ala speaks about a nation that was destroyed, الَّذِينَ جَعَلُوا الْقُرْآنَ عِضِينَ That they had Flipped the book of Allah Ta'ala, the Bani Israel. They said, this is okay for us, this is not good for us, leave this out. They split the book of Allah Ta'ala, not physically by taking the pages apart. That they also distorted. But in terms of their actions and their deeds, that this I can do, this I can't do. Whereas everything is Allah Ta'ala's instruction. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, number one, enter into total Islam. Don't departmentalize the deen. And then enter into it wholeheartedly and fully. Not one leg in and one leg out. A person has to perform his salah, then has to come into the masjid entirely. Uh, he's got one leg inside the masjid, one leg outside, he's going to perform his salah. So he has to enter the masjid entirely. Allah is saying enter into Islam fully. So this entire deen is that instruction that will bring that success, which will bring that happiness, which will bring that peace, that tranquility that every person is desirous of.
He wants it here, he wants it later. He wants it in this world, he wants it in the next world. Allah Ta'ala says it in his deen. Nowhere else. That person will live his life. Everybody will live their lives. In that life, we will have to earn our living also. Person will contact his business. He will and undertake his profession, his job, whatever the case is. In this life, he'll get married also. He'll raise his children. He will live with his family. He will do all the things that are part of everybody's life. But he will do it the way Allah Ta'ala has commanded. And he will do it the way Rasulullah has demonstrated. So now this is, he is moving on that instruction that has been given. He is on the path of that everlasting success. So what is this Islam all about that Allah Ta'ala is asking us to enter into fully? Just to understand, as we said earlier, that Islam and Deen is not departmentalized for us to take some things and choose and choose to leave some things out. Everything comes. So the very first thing is Iman itself obviously, our beliefs being correct, totally submitting to Allah Ta'ala alone, and all the other various fundamental beliefs of a mu'min. Many a times, everything on the surface seems very fine. But sometimes out of the blue, somebody will talk something and he'll say, well, na'uzubillah, this aspect of azab in the qabr, is this true? Can this be genuine? Allah. So he is in one go negating so many texts of deen. Whereas this is an established aspect in deen. Now this is just one example there are so many things unfortunately that sometimes a person says something and then you realize that this person is missing out on some fundamentals of deen and negating one aspect of deen Allah Ta'ala says the person who rejects one aspect that Allah Ta'ala has commanded <coughs> fundamental aspect of deen then all his actions are null and void not time to go into the details of this ayat the crux of it is, everything will be null and void. There can be no salvation without entering into deen fully, accepting everything of Allah wants. So first is Iman. Then is Ibadat. All the acts of worship. Our Salah, our fasting, Zakat, Hajj, all the fundamental pillars of deen. So this too is part of deen and that one has to be entirely in this deen. Sometimes a person says, well, salah, okay, fine, two salahs, three salahs in a day, mashallah, I'm making, alhamdulillah. Whereas if a person is making three salahs in a day and missing out two, then this is a major sin. In the hadith, Nabi Islam says, The person misses one salah, one salah deliberately. It is as if he has lost all his family and wealth in one go. Everything destroyed. Nabi Islam after Hajjatul Wada, he held out to the door of the Kaaba Sharif and he addressed the people and he said to them, Ayyuhan Nas, O people. So they responded, Labbaik Ya Rasulullah, Fidaka, Fidaka Abawayna, Awkamaqal, that may our parents be sacrificed for you. We are present, what do you want to tell us? Then Nabi Islam starts crying. And then he starts crying to the point he starts sobbing and he says I want to tell you about the signs of Qiyamat I want to tell you about the signs of the last day 
and then he starts mentioning the signs of the last day, the first thing he mentions that among the signs of the last day, Ibaru Salawat wa Ittibaru Shahawat. That Salah will be discarded. Person will give it second degree status. First level would be that my business must not get interrupted in any way. My entertainment must not get interrupted in any way. My social functions must not get interrupted in any way. My meals must not get interrupted in any way. My sleep must not get interrupted in any way. Everything else will be first. If all this is not in the way, then okay, Salah also can be performed. But if I'm in the midst of a social function, well, Salah later, we'll see if it happens. If I'm too busy now in my business, well, Salah later if it happens. And if I'm fast asleep, then the Muslim is calling Hayyad al-Salah, Hayyad al-Falah for Fajr. Well, I'm fast asleep now. It's a very early morning. It's summer. Oh, it's a very cold winter's morning. So now I'm fast asleep. Nabi Islam sobbed over this. Allah's Nabi Islam sobbed over this. That a time will come when my Ummatis, those who will take my name, those who will claim to follow me, but this is the way that they will deal with the Salah. And they will follow their desires wholesale. Whatever comes in the heart, that I must do. Whether it is permissible, impermissible, Allah will be pleased with it, displeased with it. It comes in my mind and heart, I must do it. Allah's Nabi after Hajjatul Wada is addressing this mass of people. But he's giving the message to us and to the people, to the people till the day of Qiyamah. That look, be concerned about these two things especially. <coughs> be concerned about your salah, performing your five times salah on time, with jama'ah, with the bills. And don't follow your desires against the commands of Allah Ta'ala, because this will lead to destruction. So in any case, the salah being in place, the person is discharging his zakat, he's fasting when the month of Ramadan comes, fulfilling hajj, hajj is compulsory upon him. This is one branch of deen. But a person who's got a branch, and he's walking around with a branch, he can't say I own a tree. He's got a branch. He has to have the whole tree. So then together with the ibadat, there is mu'amalat. Monetary dealings, business, transactions. That is part of din. How is a person conducting himself in terms of his monetary dealings? And if that monetary dealings are not in order, and a person is consuming haram, He's acquiring things in a way which Allah has forbidden. He's not careful about how he does business, doing somebody down, fraud, etc., whatever the case is. Then even his ibadat gets affected. Person with haram in his belly, then his ibadat is not accepted also. So the Muhammad, one Sahabi came to Rasulullah and the ayat of the Quran was revealed that Innam al Khamru al wal Ansabu al Azlamu Ribsum bin Amari Shaitan. Initially, alcohol, etc. was permissible in the early stages because the commands hadn't come immediately all at once. So as a few, some time had passed shortly and then these commands came down. That all this is totally forbidden, all intoxicants are completely haram and it is the, it's filth and it's the handiwork of shaitan. So one person just prior to this command coming, one Sahabi had taken his entire capital, his entire life's earnings and had gone all the way to Sham to Syria 
and he bought a huge consignment. That now he's coming with imported stock. Important items are greater demand. <coughs> so he brought the whole consignment and he's coming with it. <coughs> with this expectation now, my entire life's capital is in this. And now I'm going to make a killing out of it. And before he enters Madinah Munawara, somebody meets him outside and they say to him, Don't you know what ayat, what verse of the Quran Sharif has been revealed? So he asked, what verse has been revealed? See, this is the verse of the Quran Sharif that has been revealed to Rasulullah That all these intoxicants, everything is completely haram, forbidden. This is the handiwork of shaitan. It is there to destroy a person's life, destroy his respect, destroy his honor, destroy his family, destroy his deen and dunya and akhirat. So therefore, this is all forbidden now. So this person stops right there. He leaves everything as is. He comes on his own into Madinah Munawara. And he comes to Rasulullah and he inquires that I was gone to Syria to Sham and I brought back this whole consignment and my entire life's earnings are in this. My entire capital and everything is in this. And now I've been told that this is the verse of the Quran that has been revealed. What is your command? What do you instruct me? Not that he's asking for some leeway. Well, you know what? I didn't know beforehand. I went before this command came. So can I just cash this out? Maybe I'll sell it to the non-Muslims. He didn't ask for any kind of leeway. He said, what is the instruction? How do I deal with this consignment that is lying outside there? The Beast Lassam says to him, well, what has been revealed by Allah Ta'ala? That is the command. That this is all totally haram, forbidden. This person wakes up from there, goes back to where that entire consignment was left behind, and he destroys the entire thing there and there. Allah. He can see his whole life's earnings flowing down, but he can see his success in fulfilling what Allah and Rasul Salaam have said. That this can flow down the drain, but my success in what Allah Ta'ala's command is. And if I am doing this for Allah Ta'ala's command, nothing, no harm can come to me. So this is Muhammad that a person is conscious all the time, concerned, what am I doing? Is it ha- am I transacting in a halal way? Then together with Muhammad is Muasharat, our social life. We live, we are people and we live among people. And we have responsibilities towards people. We have responsibilities towards our parents. After the command of worshipping Allah Ta'ala, immediately thereafter Allah Ta'ala says, وَعْبُدُ wa Worship Allah Ta'ala alone, don't commit any shirk with Allah Ta'ala. Don't ascribe partners to Him. And immediately thereafter Allah Ta'ala says, Abil walidaini ihsana, and deal kindly with your parents. So we have responsibilities to our parents. How do we deal with them? There are certain things which are ibadat, great ibadat. There's Umrah, for example, great ibadat. But on the one side is somebody wants to go for Nafil Umrah. That's Nafil. And his aged parents are in need of his assistance at that time. One is, Alhamdulillah, they mashallah, capable of taking care of their selves. And they are giving him their blessings. Mashallah, no problem. They all to go. But they are in need. And he says, well, I'm going for Umrah. Mashallah. I'm going to be making tawaf day and night. This is his first. That is Nafil. This is his priority. Unfortunately, our priorities sometimes get mixed up because we don't take the 
effort to find out first from the ulama inquire what is supposed to be done. And sometimes this following of desires even comes in the guise of deen. Like we said initially, Nabi Salaam stopped over this. That now in the first is to look after one's aged parents, somebody is sick, somebody is aged, they don't have any support, nobody to take care of their needs, nobody to see to them. And they need that help. So now this is merely following desire to go for nafil. Now this is a farz. But the priorities get mixed up. So, this mashallah, there are responsibilities towards parents. There's responsibilities towards one's wife. How does one deal with her? Does one deal with her? Allah Ta'ala commanded. وَعَاشِبُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ They deal with them kindly. فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُهُنَّ Perhaps you might dislike something, but there is much good Allah that has placed in what you have disliked. So do we deal the word kindly to be flashing in the mind all the time? How am I talking? Is that kind? How am I dealing? Is that kind? How am I reacting? Is that kind? How am I supporting her? Is that kind? The word kind, Allah is saying kindly. So that is also part of deen, mu'asharat. And together with that, all the other relationships, whether one's neighbors, one's children, others in society, the downtrodden, the destitute, the widows, the orphans. If we were fulfilling our responsibility, then no widow would ever have to stretch her hand out anyway. If we as an ummah, we are fulfilling our responsibility, that we have responsibilities over, towards people as well. Then no orphan would ever have to go to any organization. They would get it at their door. So deen comprises of all this. And then one very, very important branch of deen, time is almost passing, but just to quickly discuss this, is the branch of akhlaq, of good character. As we said, the whole tree is what we are required to have. Not just a few tweaks here and there. And Allah Ta'ala says, اُدْخُلُوا فِي السِّلْمِ Enter into Islam entirely, totally, completely. So together with all these aspects of deen is the aspect of akhlaq. Good character. Good character includes sabr. It includes compassion. It includes kindness. It includes forgiveness. It includes all the various aspects of good character and good conduct. And the summary of good akhlaq is what? To deal with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala, the creation of Allah Ta'ala. Deal with the creation in such a way that the creator gets pleased. <coughs> to deal with makhluk in such a way that khaliq is happy. Now this is the sum total of it. That to deal with Allah Ta'ala's creation, that creation even includes animals. That creation even includes animals and birds and any other thing, any other living thing. How to deal with them in the way that Allah Ta'ala gets happy, that is the sum total of akhlaq. So all these things have to come in our lives. Our salah also has to be there, our ibadat, our mu'amalat, mu'asharat, akhlaq. Then when everything comes in, now a person has this deen in him. And this deen is that which will make, let alone akhirat, which is 100%. It makes his dunya also a place of happiness. And otherwise, when a person turns away from deen, Allah says, 
person who turns his back onto the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Then Allah Ta'ala says will give him a very constrained life. That sometimes in the lack of luxury also, he's feeling like he's chained up, something has tied him up. He has no zest for life. He's Na'uzubillah sometimes contemplating suicide. Allah. Whereas in the lack of luxury, why? Allah. Allah says the one who turns his back onto my obedience and my remembrance. So this is the entire deen that we have to bring to our lives. We have to bring this deen to our families. We have to bring this deen to the entire Ummah of Rasulullah And in this way we will earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And on the day of Qiyamah, Nabi Islam will be happy to see us as well. For this we have to become conscious of deen ourselves. We have to fit ourselves into the effort of deen. To become completely on deen in our own lives. And to take it to others as well. All the efforts of deen take place for the same purpose. Inshallah on the 26th, 27th of April is this ishtima taking place in Stanger for the same objects. That how this entire deen can come in our lives for no other purpose. To inspire us, to bring this reality into our lives, to bring it to our consciousness that we are supposed to be striving for this. For this purpose, inshallah, this ishtima is taking place. We should all make the effort to be there and to benefit from that. Allah give us taufiq.